The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know, if you leave a pecan long enough, it will eventually grow into an armadillo? What? It's hardly ever happened, though, because they're so delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you guys didn't even know that. I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts and recipes, and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread, where we're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 18 through 22 of Winter's Heart, book 9 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Cat Swain is up to her old tricks, bullying and blackmailing, while Alana gets KO'd, presumably by the hard fucking coming in on Dragon Radio. <laughs> We learned that the Forsaken know about Rand's plan to clean the Dark One's taint, and they are not okay with it. You know, you'd think they'd be more on board with having that taint nice and clean for them. Uh, anyway, we meet the Daughter of the Nine Moons at last, as she arrives in Ebudar, where non-flat Matt is revealed to be trapped in a hilarious sexual slavery by Tylen. Uh, non-flat Matt gets attacked by our old friend the Golom, and narrowly escapes thanks to quick thinking by a mysterious homeless guy who's wandering by. Uh, Matt, of course, brings him home to the palace to meet his friends, because that's what Matt does. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's actually pretty cool, yeah. Uh, We close out the chapter with the daughter of the Nine Moons trying to buy Matt, because the Shan Chan are evil fucking slavers. It's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And that, kids, is how I met your mother. (laughs) Oh, man. That could actually be the story at some point. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Yeah. No. The first time we met, she tried to buy me. (laughs) I mean, I was going to say Matt shouldn't have kids, but he's done pretty good by Olver, right? Yeah, I mean, well, okay. Like, he set up a tutor for him, and, like, he's presumably keeping him fed and clothed properly. I wouldn't say he's doing, like, a lot of parenting, though, you know? Yeah. Well, it takes a village of Mm. soldiers to raise a child. (laughs) Yeah. Chapter 18, An Offer, Icon of the Shanchen. So Matt is hanging out in Ibudar. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Oliver is there. He, he keeps getting his bookies. You know, as I wrote down, he keeps getting booby lessons. <laughs> yeah, from his uh, teacher who likes to let him lay his right. head on her boobs. Right, which is apparently working, right? I think Oliver is learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's learning something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Tom and Beslin are up to something involving the game of houses, some kind of resistance of the, the Shan Chan or something. And apparently Julian's involved and... Uh, I- you think he's up to something? He's probably involved, but he's up to something else that we don't know is connected what Tom and Beslin are up to. And he gets whipped because he's on the wrong floor. Yeah. And everyone's just kind of okay with that? Right, yeah. Matt's okay with that? Like, wow. I, I know. I, I don't know. It's, I was like, really? I, I just feel like if uh, if my friend got whipped for being on the wrong floor, I'd have something to say about it, you know? But, I mean... Right? Guess, uh, guess Matt's... But I, well, I think maybe part of it is that he knows Julian... Well, he thinks Julian is up there... After a lady, because that's all Matt can think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't, don't they make it pretty clear that Julian, the only reason Julian's not allowed on that floor is because he doesn't look like he should be on the floor? Like, yeah. he's the same as Matt. Well, not the same as Matt. He's the same as Tom, for example, in terms of like rank, essentially. It's true, right? but they mention it in here that Tom has sort of a special status that they, that people know he's. he's noble in some way, and he, it's just a quirk that he sleeps in the. Servants' quarters. Gotcha. Okay. But Julian is too proud, or I don't know. Julian has like a pride of his place, and he doesn't want to be mistaken for a noble. Yeah. He like makes it clear that he doesn't belong there. I, I'm sure he could pass because he came into town with Matt or whatever, right? I, I mean, like he's got highborn friends. I, I guess that's kind of my point. I feel like Matt could vouch for him or something, right? Like, doesn't yeah. Matt have that much love? You but, think? Well, but, Matt doesn't know this, but surely Julian is up to something important. Yeah. He almost certainly. So yeah. he wouldn't want Matt to do that. I guess not. Yeah. Because it's it's part of his deal is that he passes unnoticed as a a lowborn type. I, I am very curious what they're up to. I, I mean, like, it seems like it's some kind of rebellion thing, but I, we, I guess we don't see much yeah, evidence about it. resistance of some kind. Yeah. Um, the Shanshan are moving into Ibudar in great numbers and settling, and, and they're, they're getting people off the ships and sending them right out of the city to go settle. And what I realized, they're colonizing. Yeah. yeah. This is what it's like to be colonized, maybe. Yeah, yeah, totally. And they, they've point. got, like, superior technology. They win the battles with this, like, they're slave warriors. Yeah. 
and yeah. crazy, crazy animals. animals. Yeah. 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 So are the Shanshan the British Empire? I mean, because that's what they did, right? They had this whole empire, and they would build their army out of like auxiliaries from the whole empire and, and high technology. And I feel like the 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 way that the Shanshan are are integrating is a little bit different than the British Empire did in terms of like the fact that they are mostly pe- leaving people in place and. They don't seem to be demanding much, except, you know... Isn't that more Dutch? I feel like the Dutch did that. They were more like, yeah, we're going to show up and we're going to... It was more about integrating in rather than just taking over control. Yeah. I feel like. I, I always think of, like, the, the way that the uh, was the, the Greeks uh, conquered, you know? Well, the, what the British did a lot when they were in the empire is they would... Uh, they would co-opt the ruling class, or they would kill the ruling class and set up another ruling class and co-opt them, and they wouldn't really change things on the ground that much as long as they got their resource flow back to the empire mm-hmm. like they wanted. But they would, they would have like a, the local rulers that they would set up like, yeah, you're still the king, sure, you just work for us. Well, it's different, though, because they're, everything they're doing is in preparation for the, for the empress, right, to show up? They're right. the ones who are coming before? So that's a no, little different than no, regular colonizers. Not anymore, right? So the, so the forerunners were the first group. And right. now that the Koren is happening, this is it. Like, this is this is the return. Yeah, yeah but I it feels like they're know. still preparing, though. I don't know if the Empress is coming. I thought she was. Maybe eventually to visit, but I, I don't oh. think the idea was they were all moving back. I thought the idea was sort of, this is just a new part of the Empire now. Mm. Yeah, it's un- it's unclear. I know that returning to this land is like a, a, a part of their uh, their prophecy or whatever, right? So... Um, that's that's definitely an important component to their culture. But I know that there's this whole thing about the was it the crystal throne or whatever of the Empress. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that seems like that's the seat of power, uh, both literally and figuratively. So right, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so the explosion of Rand in Kyrian has stirred everything up. That news has arrived. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess. I guess there's lots of different uh, t- stories there, yeah, right? Nobody knows what happened except Rand exploded. <laughs> yeah. And Matt is back on his quest to find an inn room to store up his loot. And uh, he eventually heads to the Wandering Woman, the closest inn, and meets up with Satal Anan, our old friend. Wait, which one? Which one is that? She's the... She's the innkeeper of the Wandering Woman. That's right. And I, I heard... Yeah, she, had, she hooked him up with the kin, remember? Or he, not even Elaine up with the kin. The, yeah, that's right. And this, she has this conversation with him that I thought was really weird about how, like, it's totally normal to have... Like, hey, it's not unusual to have a young lover once you're, you know, old and powerful or whatever. But uh, usually they have more, you know, freedom and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And unusual to keep them as a captive, but oh well. I mean, like, it's... Yeah, whatever. They kind of acknowledge that it's... She kind yes. of acknowledges that that's weird. Yeah, so everybody knows what's going on with Matt, which is that he's being held in sexual slavery, and they're all okay with it, except for Matt. Yeah, yeah. and I was feeling, like, a little, like, less not okay with it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, before, when we first read it, we were all like, holy shit, like, this is so wrong. I was feeling better about it until I got to the part where... She indicates that she wants to have sex by throat by putting her knife into the bedpost. Uh-huh. Like, that's uh-huh. so fucked up. Like I know you're Abudari, so that's like your thing, but like that's fucked up. Yeah, it's you know implicit threat of violence, right? Yeah, that's how it happened the first time, right? Like she held her knife to his throat, and that was yeah. yeah. So you know that's still happening. Yeah, but uh, and Matt's desperately trying to get out. I, I and uh, in that same vein, the his supposed innkeeper friend is like, yeah, I'll help you if you uh, you know. Do a little dance for me. Yeah. yeah. Lift up that coat. Yeah. Me that let, me, uh, let me enjoy your body. Also, how <laughs> weird is it that she hid his, like, non-fancy boy clothes, his regular clothes, with her son's baby toys? That's weird. Oh, yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah. that's right. In this chapter, they they uh, Matt's servants managed to find where she's hidden all of his stolen clothing. And, yeah, it's in this cupboard or drawer or something where all of her son Bezla's. He was also the same age as Matt, more or less, yeah, right? Been, like he's had his agency taken away and he's been like infantilized in this way. Yeah. yeah. But in a sexual way. Ugh. Yeah. It's, in it's a, real, it's real infantilized creepy. in a rapey way, the worst infantilization. <laughs> That's right. But Matt himself is not uh, super woke. Uh, I've noticed during this conversation he thinks explicitly like, she's pretty good looking. I hit on her except her husband's really tough. <laughs> like, 
Really, Matt? <laughs> right. That's where your mind's at right now? That, that's, that's, uh, that's how he approaches just about everything at this point, I think. But uh, she helps him. She actually has a cubbyhole for him. And uh, he starts gradually moving his wealth and his possessions uh, to, to this cubbyhole so he can make good his escape. Right. Uh, he's still trying to figure out that bell founder thing for Eludra. Yeah, he manages to track one down. Yeah, he yeah, finds a bell founder. Yeah, but he cannot solve this mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> Matt. The problem is not that you don't know what Bell Founder is, <laughs> but uh, apparently he's been smooching with Ludra uh, too. Yeah, so good for him, I guess. You know, he's getting a little nickout time with his Illuminator friend, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah, a little smooching on his own terms. Yeah, uh, but Tylen is totally collaborating. She's being made one of the blood. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna shave her head and grow out her fingernails and be Shanshan royalty. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna work out for her the way she expects it to. I don't know. Why the, not? Right. I, the way that Shanshan hierarchy works, I think if Tuan says she's blood, then she's blood. You know, and if the, if and if she becomes like a high lord, she's a high lord. This this is like a a, a common reward system for the Shanshan. Because mm-hmm. remember, uh, well, this is a little bit later, but we meet we've met some other people who were not previously blood, but are now blood just as a reward for for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is not unusual for the Shanshan to just say, "Okay, you're royalty now." I- I guess I was kind of imposing it because we've seen that happen a lot with people who are trying to pretend they're Aiel, right? Yeah. Like, we've seen that a lot. And and all, every single time, the Aiel, like, they're like, fuck you, you're not real Aiel. Like, you can, you know, talk about Jato, but it's all totally fake. So I guess I was putting that over on the Shanchen, too. But the yeah. Shanchen seemed to... I think the, the Aiel were never an empire, right? They didn't conquer. Yeah. And the Shanchen do conquer. And they mm, are fair an enough. empire. And mm-hmm. like, one of the defining features of an empire is that they absorb other cultures and they there's a sort of balance between letting those cultures keep their own culture while also the empire gets what it wants right tribute or whatever like the romans this also reminds me of they colonized a lot they had this famous thing where they would uh, they'd let you keep your own gods but you had to put a statue of augustus in your temple and you had to pray to him too like Mm -hmm. whatever you're doing for your gods you got to do for augustus too but they, they wouldn't make you get rid of your gods unless you know you you were monotheists and you really didn't really couldn't stand praying to anybody that's not your god then you had big problems with the romans mm-hmm. yeah so yeah the, I, I, the, the structure of their culture is very assimilative so like they, yeah so this, like, this it totally tracks to me like if thailand delivers them what they need which is control of Ibudar, then this is this this is what this is perfect for them right and really it doesn't cost them anything right it's not like they're giving her money they're just like you get to she already has the lands mm-hmm. right and for her right remember she she only controlled the area right around Ibu Dar. She didn't control anything else. She was kind of pretty powerless. But under the Shanshan, she actually is in control of the country. Yeah. Because yeah. they have their, uh, their, their regimented police yeah. policing force. That's usually the trade-off. And when this happens with colonizers in, in the past, usually there's a huge element of resource extraction that impoverishes the country. Uh, but but it, the, the ruling class does really well. Yeah. I, it's, it's unclear if the Shanshan are going to do that. They, so far, they have, don't seem to be extracting much... Uh, except for horses. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> that's it. We're going to invade those countries. We're going to take their horses. But but it does occur to me, and this is something I was thinking about as I was reading. You mentioned all the uh, the colonization they were doing. These lands are already colonized. Like these, yeah. I don't. The Shantan aren't killing a lot of people mostly. So there's a lot of land that already has people owning it and farming it. So yeah. what happens to those people? I wonder. Yeah, they get. Uh, Settled, displaced, right? yeah, yeah I displaced. Guess. They they get put on reservations. That's that's what happens. Yeah. Um, so it's and as Matt keeps pointing out when he thinks about this, it's like this is a much bigger problem than the army, right? You can just kill the army, but like a whole other civilization living here now, that's a problem. Yeah. So uh, as Matt is hanging out in the palace, Tuan seems to be around him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I kind of mentioned this before. I'm calling it now. This is totally happening. Uh, you can feel Matt, like, like as these chapters progress, you see Matt, like, warming up to Tuan. Like, at first he was like, oh, she looks like a kid. And he's like, actually, she looks like she could be. And, like, eventually he's like, oh, yeah, she's actually not that bad looking. Mm-hmm. Like, Robert Jordan is setting this up as a romance in the, the way that he loves to do this, where they start hating each other and they start loving each other. I feel yeah. it right. This is happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems likely. But yeah. still have fundamental misunderstandings. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 of course. Right. Well, because, like, the, her trying to buy him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then at, at one point she tries to buy his spear, mm-hmm. which is, I think that's 
if I was mad, I would find that more offensive than trying to buy meat, you know? Like, that's my fucking magic elf spear <laughs> that I hung on a tree for wisdom or whatever to get. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he actually handles it pretty well, right? Yeah. He's like, well, I'll pay you d- double what you paid for it. He's like, I didn't pay gold for it. <laughs> <laughs> the price that you pay would be, you know, He fingers a mysterious scarf yeah. that he wears around his neck. <laughs> only a fool, would, he says something like, only a fool would pay what I paid for it or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, okay, and whoa, she's whoa. Like, <laughs> So I was like, all right, well, I mean, way to field that one, uh, Matt. Yeah, and uh, but at least at first, even Matt is not horn-dogging after her. Yeah. True. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy, the way that he looks at her versus the way that he looks like at literally every other woman that he encounters, right? Yeah. Uh, and I wonder why that is. Is it because of the way she presents herself? Is it because, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't treat her as a... As an, uh, uh, as an entity that he would be interested in. Because storytelling. Yeah. I think it's very uncharacteristic. Yeah. So Matt is becoming paranoid about his hidey hole, which leads us to chapter 19, Three Women, Icon of the Tarvalon Flame. Yeah. So yeah. Matt goes to visit his gold at yeah. the end. False prey to the greed, man. The greed gets us all. That's right. Don't check on it. <laughs> and um, we got a very Swan-esque um, quote, and I was very surprised that it wasn't Swan. So you found out I was right. You squeezed the wrong melon, and it turned out the melon was a lionfish in disguise, and you were just a plump grunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? Melons? Fish? Like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you squeeze a melon, and it turns out to be a lionfish. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. <laughs> and I, I assume a grunter is a fish, though it doesn't, like, a grunter? That's a kind of a weird name for a fish. I mean, I guess it's true. I've never heard a fish grunt, but... I don't know that much about fish. <laughs> it's hard to hard to listen. You know, you got to put your ear right at the water. But they still have fucking lionfish. Those things are parasites. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so wait, where where is Swan from again? Tear. Tear. Okay, I was just, I guess this specifically is a, a fish. This isn't a Terran, so I was just curious. Right. Like yeah. Thing. But this is a uh, like a place on the ocean, so I guess they probably have. Fisherman, like yeah, like uh, what are Anand's husband is a fisherman, right? Yeah, that's right. Maybe that's yeah, maybe that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. So Matt's kicking around his old digs, and the ladies here are not fans of Matt. They are not. Yeah, yes. I guess Matt doesn't revisit his old stomping grounds very often, so he doesn't really get this the the full Matt experience all that much. Yeah. Well, you know who does still like him though is the cook. She's a big fan of Matt. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's good people though. She's fat and has a clean apron, so we're okay. That's, That's right. Yeah. Probably not a cannibal. Not a dark friend. <laughs> maybe a cannibal. Yeah, maybe a cannibal. <laughs> but one of those, you know, cannibals that walks in the light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the nice ones. <laughs> one of the good ones. Yeah. So Matt, he thinks in passing. He still thinks those two guys that came after him with a bag were just robbers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> He's oh. like, I'm probably pissed off because of those two robbers that tried to put me in that bag. <laughs> 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 oh, Matt. Oh, dude. And uh, Matt stops there for breakfast from his favorite cook. Apparently the, uh, the what is it? The fish, whatever. The, the gilded, gilded fish. fish just I, was trying to, for. I was trying to picture what that was, like gilded it's, fish. Yeah, what? I think it's probably uh, uh, just a breaded flounder. Is that, is that like a uh, sweet and tangy flavor? I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. And then while he's there, Satal Anand sneaks into the kitchen and tells everybody to get lost, which apparently happens all the time because they're like, all right, <laughs> get lost time. <laughs> And uh, she sneaks in Jolene, the Aes Sedai. Yeah, an Aes Sedai hanging around in Ebudard, which is occupied by Shanchan. Yeah. This is bad news. And of course, Matt gets recruited to get her out. Mm -hmm. And uh, just his luck, while they're running down the situation, uh, some Shanchan burst into the kitchen, Mm -hmm. won't take no for an answer, and Matt uses the old kissing trick. (laughs) Yeah. It works every time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Kind of. Right, yeah. Well, he pulls her onto his lap and pretends to be kissing him so the so the Shan Shan won't notice that here in this kitchen, which is empty, it's just Matt kissing somebody. <laughs> no, no, Matt kissing somebody and the innkeeper who's just hanging out for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I was like I was like, this is gonna be the weirdest fucking scene to walk in on. It's <laughs> a busy inn. Why is this what's going on in the kitchen? <laughs> Why did you, you so you kicked out you kicked everyone out of the kitchen so you could watch these two make out? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know our way, Shan Chen. Uh, and this is not just any Shan Chen. This is one we've met. This is Captain Again. Yeah. Again, right? Yeah. yeah. I was trying to remember. So she's uh, she's actually the one from Tanchico, right? Yes. 
Yeah. And the one from before that who met Bail Domon. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. At, yeah. Uh, at Falm, the one who captured Bail Domon at Falm. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. So. So that's why she and Bail Domon are tight. Right, right. Because and also because he's her tight. Right. Yes. Yeah, that's the wide muscled men. Yeah. A well set up man. And uh, yeah, but yeah. So she and she also ran into Nynaeve and Elaine. That's right. Yeah, they had that was whole it, uh, Elaine. Yeah, right. No, Egwene wasn't. It? No, no, you're right. It was whatever. In... Yeah, yeah. In Tenshiko. In India, whoever was in India at the time. Right. Yeah. And her her slave guy that she's got there is Bail Doma. Hey. Yeah, I didn't catch this until a little bit later, but yeah, he's just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're all giving uh, Matt the stink eye because he's just sitting there in the kitchen making out with some <laughs> yeah some <laughs> rando. They're just there to get a room for the innkeeper. <laughs> and she's like, "Yep, this is normal. Let's do business." <laughs> Are they going to stop? Nope. <laughs> but Aganen is working for Suroth directly. Yeah. Which is interesting because we know that Seroth is like a pretty bad dark friend. Yeah. Like pretty high, a high-ranking dark friend, so it's hard to tell who she is manipulating, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, but they, they manage to get rid of Egan and, and Domon, and then uh, Anan and Matt take Jolene down to the basement. Oh mm-hmm. man, now that I'm saying it out loud, I keep thinking, you know... Jolene. The song Jolene! Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they take Jolene down to the basement. And Anand said, Anand begs her not to take her man. That's right. <laughs> Just because she can. <laughs> and uh, Matt thinks Jolene has given gave him that note, uh, but she reveals that it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. After he already promises to help her, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but, but Matt promises to help her if he can, because Matt's a bro. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, typical Matt stuck his foot in it. And back at the palace... Matt sneaks in to see Teslin, the other Aes Sedai, who has been made a Domine. And this is horrible and sad. It Cause, is. Because this, this is, so he figures that if it's not Jolene, it must have been Teslin who slipped in the note, right? That's yeah. why he goes to visit her? Yeah. Because yeah. he, he owes that person a solid. Yeah. And uh, he, he peeks in on some of the other Domine, and they're all, a bunch of them were recently captured, and they're they're having a real bad time. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. He's like, sorry guys, not here for you. <laughs> yeah. But he manages to find Teslin. There's no guards on the Domine, right? Yeah, they don't need him. Yeah, they can. They literally can't move their their leash without horrible agony, right? Right. Um, and Teslin tells him that she just left that note to spite Elida, because yeah. Elida wanted Elena naive. But Matt still promises to help her, and she demands that they also take this other Aes Sedai who's not yet broken. So Matt goes from one to three Aes Sedai he's got yes. to smuggle out of. This deal's getting worse all the time. This is very, very bad. And I really like this bit here where he's like, just like an Aes Sedai, you offer to help him, and next, next thing you know, you're scaling a cliff face in the storm to, to rescue 50 of them. And then he's like, that only happened to that one guy, but I have the memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a thing that happened to him. <laughs> God damn it. And then on the way out of the Domine uh, kennels, he runs into Tuon, who is... Super pleased at his lie that he was just there to be nice to a dominate who was an old friend of his. Yeah, because she's like, oh yeah, it's nice. She likes people who are nice to animals, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. That's that's what it is. Yeah, and, and I guess at first she thought he was up there to try and pork one of them. Because apparently that's a common practice too. Yeah, yeah, but looked down upon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think I think yes, Tuan is into Matt for whatever reason. I wonder if it's related to those prophecies she got. Yeah, she keeps talking about him and not saying what they are, so it could be related to him. The the way she talks about it, though, I, it feels more like it's related to Rand, but I'm not I'm not sure. Like, well, how would she know he's connected to Rand? Uh, she wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, I, the prophecies. Yeah, yeah. The, pro- the the way that she was describing the prophecies in the the sort of vague roundabout way made it sound like it was a Rand thing, but yeah, it could it could be a Matt. I thought it was just a Tavarin thing, but then when she saw his spear, she was further intrigued. And it's kind of I, yeah. sniffing around well, more. Well, Matt at the bee's knees, right? I, I wouldn't blame anybody for being interested in him. It's yeah. just weird that she, who's so like kind of cold and political and under a lot of stress herself, would be chasing him around. I yeah. think she just finds him entertaining, honestly. Like, I think that he's just like very unusual to her. You know, the, the way he, his irreverence, like the way he seems to like be kind of moron and blunder right. into things, yeah. I think it's probably like funny for her. Yeah. You know? His tight cut pants. Also, that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, two ones so, definitely going to be his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. So Matt manages to brush her off with lies, uh, and then he realizes that 
it's time for, for Smarty Smarts, so he goes off to find Tom and Julian. <laughs> He's like, you know what? This is not my area of expertise. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 20, Questions of Treason. I kind of the Adam. So, Bethamen the Suldam goes up to check on the Domine. Uh, she is with Rena, who also fell from grace after fall. Yeah, so this is, this, this is, okay. Well, first of all, this chapter is real weird to read because it's from the slaver's perspective. And it's it is like, super weird. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's, uh, it's real creepy because she, ta- she talks about him like she talk- like you would talk about like an a animal horse. that you're training. Yeah, yeah. A horse, yeah. She thinks about different techniques for breaking them and, and her, she goes and does her rounds and she checks on them and their progress and becoming docile. But yeah, yeah, Rena is, is actually the one who was training Egwene back when she was uh, enslaved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. So Rena and Seda are the ones that they left there. Yeah. Uh, in the collars. Yeah, so so what we're, these are the people who actually know the, the dark secret of right. Esseldom, right? Yeah, and Bethamin herself is the one that, like, she saw them, so she knows, and she also got caught herself later on with the with the collar. Right, in, right, right. In Tanchico. Yeah, actually... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she and was the one. is the one that freed her. That's right. Yeah. So that's how this is all connected. Yeah. Like this is this happened a long time ago, so it's like slowly coming back to me. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, it took me a long time to figure all this stuff out because these names were like thrown out once a long time ago. Uh huh. Anyway, she checks on the Dominate. She checks on Teslin, who kind of gives the game away a little bit that she's got an escape plan by you know acting proud or happy or something oh yeah they call her tessie because yeah. they like to give they like to take oh, her names away diminutives yeah. Yeah. yeah tessie is teslin yeah Ugh. but yeah I, th- I think it's also very interesting that um the bethamin i guess because of her role in like breaking humans immediately like identifies what this means like yeah it's not just she's acting weird it's like oh she's probably got an escape plan yeah she's done this before seen Mm -hmm. this before yeah it's really creepy yeah and so then after that bethamin heads back to her inn uh where she is somewhat ambushed by that seeker guy who i think we knew his name right but i forgot yeah i can't remember what his name is but if this is the same guy from tanchico yes he's been hunting for a while. We've, I think we've actually seen, seen things from his perspective a couple times. Yes. Um, I, I think it's also interesting to note that uh, on the way back to the inn, Bethman thinks about the fact that she does actually think this is a, this whole... It's it's difficult because when she's doing her job, she doesn't think like this. But she's also like, I'm not sure anyone really should be in a an, an, an Adam because, you know... Yeah. Clearly, that's a, th- that's a thing. Because she knows the truth. Like, all the Suldam, they could be Domine. So, like... None of it makes any sense, right? But, she, but she's also like, but I don't want to be a slave, so here we go. Yeah, yeah. right. She also, they're all kind of, they're all loyal, right? They're also like, but also, you know, the emperor, the empire depends on these these dominates, so I don't yeah. want to upset that either. I don't mm-hmm. want to cause the empire any problems. Yeah, yeah, true. It's creepy to me even when we're reading just like their thought process. When they say the empress, they always say, may she live forever. Like, they're so brainwashed. It's so ingrained yeah. in them. Yeah, that's right. So uh, this seeker guy is there. Like reading her diary and stuff, and these these seekers are like these are these seem to be pretty scary people. Like it, it sounds almost like that one would say that they're worse than like the the white cloak torturers or whatever. It seems like everyone's afraid of these people. Yeah, it seems like they kind of have infinite power mm-hmm. to like kill and torture. And uh, the downside is if they get something wrong, they get killed themselves or something. I think it's only in the case of high lords. Is what oh, they're saying. Okay. yeah, yeah. But you're right, yeah. Yeah, so everybody's terrified of them. They seem like they've got the real power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's on to Bethamin because he heard that she was asking around about again. And she's asking around about it again because she wants to kill her. Because again and knows, again and saw her in the, in the other. Is that what it was? I thought she was just trying to figure out where she well, was. Well, she said she was trying to like take care of that problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, didn't put that together. Yeah. But this guy, it turns out he's looking into again and who has been raised to the blood, which means she's a noble now. Mm-hmm. And this guy wants Bethamin to go spy on her, to go be her friend, because Bethamin says, "Oh, she's just my friend." I was having a little bit of trouble following his thing, because like he he's got this whole this elaborate conspiracy, yeah. right? But Which, it's not right. Yeah, he's he's got the facts right, but his the way he's put them all together is totally way off. Yeah. Okay. Because in, in fact, he's, it kind of reminds me of those two people in the White Tower that were looking for dark friends or looking for Black Aja. Yeah. Because they weren't told to look for black. Well, I guess I mean there's some parallels there because what he's onto is Suroth. Yeah. Right. Suroth is a dark friend and is working for the Forsaken or whatever. Right. And all the stuff that fall, fell out of that is kind of like 
is like the, you know the Suroth is the one that that took Egwene from Leander in the first place, kind of, and everything fell out of Suroth's stuff. So he's onto that, but he thinks it's this grand Aes Sedai plot, and that Suroth is working for the Aes Sedai. Yeah, it's interesting that it seems like the for him the 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 key moment was the death of Turok. Turok, yeah, the dinosaur hunter. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I always thought one of those dinosaurs would get him. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it sounds it sounds like he he had like a a, a, a strong affinity for Turok. He's like, oh, he was the the greatest high lord that the you know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't seem that great to me. Honestly. I, he didn't seem that great. He was <laughs> and, okay. And, you know, and he keeps talking about how like how badass Turok was with the sword, but like Rand took him out, and Rand had like so. A few days of on-the-job training as a swordsman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was early days for Rand yeah. as a as a blade master, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he, I guess he he has extrapolated this like this wild ice, like you said, a wild ice that I conspiracy. But right, yeah. I, it makes me wonder like where he's going to end up with this. Yeah, right. It seems like he's looking in all the wrong places. Well, Suroth is the right place for him to look. Yeah, you know, in general, if he's looking for dastardly doings. True. But again, and it's not the right place to look. No. Because again, it doesn't know anything about any of this. So I wonder, because like as far as the facts that he's ascertained, he's right. You know, all all those things did happen. He places people in the right cities at the right time. Yeah, and yeah, because Aganon was actually part of the attack. I was remembering this. She actually helped them infiltrate the palace in Tanchico. Right, that's their thing. That's yeah, their yeah. thing. She was she was in like plain clothes then. Yeah, yeah. I kept forgetting that it was her. It's like all these little like bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Ganon was basically like that spy hunter, and uh, she helped him attack and escape. And I guess now uh, Bethamin is being recruited as spy on Ganon to try and like gather yeah. information. Yeah, because he thinks Ganon is part of that plot because Suroth has brought has raised Ganon into the blood and all that. Although I think Ganon has been freeing a variety of Suldom, right? Because she was in Tanchico looking for Suldom. That to was rescue them, and that was a that was the fact that but, the truth seeker had identified, but he misinterpreted that that she was killing them. Well, he, she reported that she had killed them. Oh, right? she just said that, like she didn't because she couldn't say I freed them because they're secretly channelers. She just said I killed them, which is something you're allowed to do. Yeah, which she didn't get in trouble for, I guess. Yeah, I I, remember, I thought that I remember them saying that killing a, a Suldam was like a big deal. I think killing a Domine is a big deal because uh, they're rare and Suldam are more common. Oh, okay, I see. Anyway, um, and uh, we find a little bit that the reason she's got Domon is because Domon was captured and made into a slave by the Shanchan, and she bought him. She he doesn't take it very seriously though. Yeah, right. He's he's surprisingly cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, now Bethamin has been sicked on her as a spy. Yeah. So chapter 21, a matter of property. Uh, a new icon, icon of the sword and fouled anchor, which we will find out is Aganon's icon. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. cool. So is in her room with Domon. Yeah, her main boy toy. Uh, yeah, and they have a, I would call this a really weird relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be making it work. He's her lover, he's also her slave. You know, romance is hard, you know? I mean, yeah. Relationships he, are hard work. He, he shaved his head for her, but he kept the beard. Yeah. That yeah. I respected. And she did have him beaten like a couple times. Just once. Yeah. And then he made her apologize. Yeah, by just like refusing to have, have sex, sex with her. Have sex with her, yeah. <laughs> Until she says she was sorry. Yeah. Well, he is a well set up man. Mm. <laughs> That's right. He knows every bend of that river. Right. <laughs> Jeff, do you want somebody to call you a well set up man? I do. I, I would really like that to happen. Aww. <laughs> but don't I don't want to be pandering. I want it to come out natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she said that she kind of muses about how she has been ennobled and made one of the blood. And apparently Suroth has made her a, a noble, which me but but also has assigned her to the city and not given her a ship, and she kind of doesn't like not being a captain anymore. And apparently she's a captain of the green. Which means she cannot be a captain of the gold, which means she can't be like the the high admiral of the fleets anymore. Or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was having trouble following that too. Yeah. Is it, is it just like they're, they're, they're different branches or something? I think maybe. they're different branches. Like the to be the high admiral, you can't be a noble or something like that. Yeah. The uh, and and she apparently she's there are different tiers of blood. So she's like a lord, but in the military, that doesn't actually give her much additional leverage or something. Yeah. What I, what I'm guessing maybe this is. A leap of logic, but I think maybe they don't let nobles be direct military leaders for like empire stability problems. 
or reasons. They 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 say they've said repeatedly that that rebellion and uh, and unrest is like a real problem in, with the Shanchen. Yeah, and Turak was not a, a general. They nobody called him general, right? Suroth is not a general. That's true. Interesting. We also learned in this uh, chapter uh, something that I completely forgot about. Is that is that the that weird artifact they found in Chinchico, the 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 handcuffs. Yeah, the pain chains. The pain chains, right? <laughs> uh, which again, in promise to drop in the ocean, she actually handed over to Suroff. Right after they were captured yeah, by a Shanchen uh, ship. True. And Domon resisted so much that he got made into a slave. Right, right. So uh, I mean, under duress, but now yeah, Suroff yeah. has that thing that is probably a real problem. Right. That's not good at all. That's a, that's a real big problem because that's a male Adam, which again, thinks explicitly here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Domon, like you mentioned, Alice is her slave, but like in private, there's still, he just sort of doesn't, he just sort of ignores the slavery stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's like, oh, he should be more slave-like. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, I'm not interested. I do be not interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get married. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, yeah, he wants her to free him and get married. And it's weird because she she totally wants to marry him. She's like, I was gonna totally gonna marry this guy before he became my slave. Mm. But and now she, the idea of marrying a freed slave is grossing me out. That's yeah, kind of what right. she says, right? That's what she says. She 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 doesn't want to marry a freed slave. That would be like below her for a member of the blood. Let's see. She wanted wholeheartedly to marry the man, Bail Domon. She was bitterly unsure if she could bring herself to marry manumitted property. Is what she calls it. Right. Even. <laughs> It's, Come on, it's lady. Dumb. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, she's chilling out, right? She was much worse when we first met her. It's true. It's hmm. true. And then Bethamon comes to visit. Yeah. And does not try any subterfuge at all. Just immediately comes clean and says, the seekers are on to you. I was like, is, he, this a, is this a good idea? I think so. Probably. I think this is Bethamon's only play because yeah. she she's not actually a Ganon's friend. She, she can't. She doesn't have the ability to just go strike up a friendship with her. Yeah. I guess I was wondering if, if she's if it serves her better to just like really toss the Ganon under. Though though she makes the point in the Ganon and also makes the point that if she's ever put under torture, she's gonna like give him Beth and his name immediately. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's smart. Yeah. Again, it's actually pretty good at this game of houses stuff so far. Yeah. Did you guys notice in this scene how much time they spent talking about Bethman licking her lips? They're yes. like, eventually she's going to lick her lips off. So she just, they're like, <laughs> I have to tell you, my lady. <laughs> they're after you. <laughs> it's distracting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Bethman suggests that they kill the seeker, which Bill Dolman also suggests. Yeah, which, I mean, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like, again, he yeah, comes well, up with some bullshit excuse, like, oh, it'd be really hard to find him or whatever. But not that hard, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, that, I think I think it could be done. And I think Bail Domon's right. I think Bail Domon could handle that Truth Seeker. Like, on a one-on-one match, when the Truth Seeker's not expecting it, I think Bail Domon could handle yeah, it. Yeah, he's a well-set-up man. <laughs> <laughs> well man. Yeah, he could. And, and again, it's like, what are you going to do? Kill everybody she meets with? I mean... I mean... That, right? If it's... Yeah. Right? <laughs> if it's that or be tortured, you know, I don't you're, know. You're probably, I mean, how many are you actually going to have to kill before you get to him? Not that many, right? Probably not. I mean, she could. Bethany knows what he looks like, right? She could be like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> "Get him, But so, yeah, Bethany and Aganen are kind of in it together now because they're both screwed. If either one of them is screwed, uh, Aganen and Bethany both find the Aes Sedai conspiracy theory totally plausible. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's so they feel about Aes Sedai. I guess, yeah, right? this is kind of a like the other edge of the sword for this the Aes Sedai mystery and and manipulation, right? Is that even Bill Dolman's like. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but that it's so, I don't know could do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in on it personally. Yeah. I do be not in on it personally. <laughs> yeah, but thank you. That's, I was trying to be immersed here, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> but then the Bethman leaves, and uh, now that again is in real trouble, she tries to send Domon away and buy him out and buy him a ship and stuff, and he's like, no, I'm going to stay here with you. Be your love slave. <laughs> I roll. And, you know, I mean, like... He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good dude. And again, he's probably pretty cool, actually. Like, I remember I really liked her in Tenchika when she wasn't, you know, yeah. being an evil Shanchen slaver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. She hung out with them a lot, didn't she? Yeah. So they became buddies. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get along. Hmm. Well, you know, the classic story. First you're friends, and then you're a slave owner, and then, you know, you're lovers. Yeah. And then you get married. Right. Or then. not. And then you try to free him from slavery, yeah. but he says no. Classic story. So yeah. 
But then Doman has a plan. Yes. Which is get Matt and Tom on the show. I know. I, know. I was like, I forgot they knew Matt. Yeah, so they recognized it. Or, or Bill Doman recognized him immediately. God, yeah. wasn't that an amazing callback, though? Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Now, last time I saw him, he was dressed real poor, but he was uh, getting away from Trollocs and Meardral, so good for him. Yeah, and like, like that, guy gets, that guy deals with crazy shit all the time. We need that guy. Yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 I can't I can't decide if this is Matt being lucky or Matt getting fucked, right? Because, like, on the one hand, uh, I know, right? Like, <laughs> like he needs a ship, you know? He needs a way to get out. And these are people who are going to... They'd actually be okay with him escaping with a bunch of Adam or with a bunch of Damane, right? Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, this is kind of a good thing. But also, like, he's getting himself mixed up in some real messy shit. Yeah, it, uh, it, yeah this is crazy... Uh, Sean Chan Empire Dark Friend stuff. Yeah. I'm actually kind of excited about this subplot, though, because, like, there's a, there's a lot going on here, but it's I, entertaining. I think it's all yeah. coming together. And also, Tom will probably have a job to do. Yeah. Yes, we Finally, want Tom right? back. Yeah. Yeah. So, end of that chapter, and before the next, we get a map of farm adding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, okay, I was, I was actually having trouble with this. I was looking at this big map here at the front of the book, and I cannot find farm adding. It's, I thought it was part of Tia, right? Okay, it's... Uh, I, I, I found it because of, it, of the gates. It said which way the gates went. So it is like midway between Ilian, Tyr, and Camelot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that little triangle. Now I see it. So it's just to the uh, the east of Lugard. Right. Okay, got it. And this is a cool map. I like it. I yeah, like it, it is. It's like a mustering ground on the Tyr side, outside the Tyr gate. That's very Roman to have like the, the Campus Martius. There, where the you do the mustering for battle. Yeah. And I liked in, in the next chapter. I liked the description of farmatting altogether. You know, this kind of matriarchal trading town that's very like very rigid and locked down, and uh, like kind of harsh to outsiders. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how they managed to survive in because this is an independent city, right? Like, yeah. Not not actually part of any of these countries that are right. Yeah. Smacked out in the middle of. We get some classic Robert Jordan world build, world building here. Yeah. So yeah. Chapter twenty two, out of thin air, like kind of the four snaking. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's neat. Yeah, I, I really like this place. I think it's just sort of it's been a while since we've seen a new city from Robert Jordan, and he's still got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they talk about this this how I guess the city is pretty ancient because it's been parts of parts of different places under yeah. different rulers, and it kind of has maintained its history throughout. I suppose. Mm-hmm. They mentioned like a bunch of you know assorted like names that don't seem to be. Familiar to me, but um, I'm sure all attached to stories like Rowland Darkspain and Urian Stonebow. Yeah, they they popped up as oh, as false dragons in the past. I yeah. thought those names sounded familiar. Yeah. yeah, and and also as far as I can tell, there's a very important aspect of far matting that they do not mention in this chapter. But uh, maybe you guys saw it, so let's keep going. Uh-huh. Uh, so Rand is in far matting. This is this is where he left his. Secret trail that was not one of the other secret trails that were fake. Yeah, so apparently the next phase of Rand's escape plan is hunting renegade Ashaman. Right. Which is, I, I mean, I, presumably at some point he's going to get around to escaping in his escape plan, but <laughs> right now he's hunting renegade Ashaman. He said Ashman. he had to kill these guys before he could go do his remote control Terran Real thing. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So this is the plan. Kill these, lure these guys to farmatting and kill them. Right. And uh, farmatting also, by the way, is where Katzwain is from. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And farmatic, yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's like it's matriarchal, you know. And the, the men don't seem to have much rights, you know. The, the women own everything, do all the trading, and the men are sort of kept. Yeah, I think they mentioned the fact that if you saw a guy who was really well dressed, it meant that he had a really nice allowance from his wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. And Luz there and Telemon absolutely hates this place. Oh yeah, he's back with. Do we know what that's about? Well, I think it's about that thing I was mentioning. Oh, okay. To talk about. Okay. And Rand is seeing that other face that occasionally yeah. has thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And Luz Darren is like, well, you got somebody else to kill now. Which I think he's referring to that face in his head and not Rochade, because Rand is following Rochade through the streets of Farmatic. I know. I, this entire time I was like, this is like the world's most obvious fucking trap, right? Yeah, he's wearing a red coat. And yeah. like flapping it around. He's like talking about how he's like flapping and like strutting like, around. Yeah, I mean, I, I develop video games and if you want the player to notice something, you, you have them do what this guy's doing. <laughs> now, also in passing, apparently there's a bunch of Aiel there. Yeah. Given the, the, a bunch of the ones that gave up the spear to try and go be 
Go follow the way of the leaf have come to far matting. Yeah, this is the, the was it called, they called the bleakness or something like that, right? Sure, yeah. The ones who are overtaken by the bleakness? Yeah, so yeah. they're here being servants or something. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know why that would be here. But I don't in, either. Anyway, so Rand follows Rochade, uh, among a bunch of cool city description, uh, <laughs> into an obvious trap. Yeah. Like, it's it's really funny because I, all I was thinking is like, this is so obviously a trap. And I was like, oh, you know what? He's been hanging out with Nynaeve. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's yeah. back with Nynaeve. He's been having some coaching. He's probably like, Nynaeve, Nynaeve, how do I save the world? And she's like, well, you go find, find a yourself a trap. <laughs> you you spring it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's going to be so proud of him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it, it sort of kind of works, right? Uh, because Roche turns on him and uh, pincers him with one of the other guys, Kislan. Uh, no, Kisman. Yeah. And uh, Rand kills Roche because with his bare hands, even though he doesn't have a sword, and Roche does because Rand is Johnny kills a lot now. <laughs> yeah. Like the guy's like, "Oh, I have a weapon, and you don't." And Rand just like walks up and pushes his sword back into the scabbard, like gets him in the throat. It's yeah. like, "Oh goddamn!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're watching that, that's like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, oh god!" <laughs> yeah. Man, he really got that guy. <laughs> and uh, he's about to kill his buddy Kisman. Uh, but then the, the guards are showing up. The guards are really good in this town. I, why does Rand care about the guards? Like, he could just teleport out, right? Well. Oh, we don't know. Yeah. There's a reason. Okay. It's not mentioned, but People he doesn't do can... that. So, they're not channeling. Nobody's channeling. Yeah. He's worried. Oh, yeah. So, you asked why to worry about the, the guards. Yeah. He's not channeling. He didn't channel to kill these guys. He doesn't seem to want to channel to get rid of the guards or get away from the guards. So they're just running. Yeah, so he has to book it and run away, and so does the other Ashaman. Right, man. right. And then Rand loses him. And then we get a, a small snippet from Kisman, who, during the brief moments of life he has left, reflects about how the Mahale who is tame, gave, ordered him to kill Rand, but not tell anybody about it. This is super informative, right? Like, this, this to me, yeah. this was, like, confirming, like, a whole bunch of suspicions yeah. we had. And, and then he thinks, also, Demandred, who is not tame, yeah. that was one of our, me to kill Rand that was one of our not theories. tell anybody about it. That was yeah. one of our theories, right? Yeah, it was. I, I totally thought Demandred was tame, but this seems to be pretty clearly indicate that he is not. Yeah, so we get confirmation, well, first of all, that Kisman is a dark friend, which we kind of suspected. We were, yeah, yeah. I wasn't for sure on that. I thought maybe he was just being manipulated, but no, it's straight up dark friend. Or yeah. Black Aja? Is he Black Aja? I mean, technically he's... You can't be Black Aja if you're an Aja mom, right? You're not an Aja. I mean, they're, they're male Aes Sedai, sort of, right? I mean, no. I, mean, I don't know if there's a cool word no. for it yet. They're probably still working just on it. Just calling him a dark friend seems like a little bit of a, like, uh, you know, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a, a dreadlord. That's yeah, what they are. Dark wizard. You're totally right. He's a yeah. dreadlord. That's yeah. we've heard this term before. Uh, and then also Moradin told him to kill Rand, but also mostly to get the remote controls. Yeah, yeah. So the so Tame. Yeah. So we have he's a dark friend. Tame ordered them to kill the Rand, which means that Tame is evil, but he is not necessarily a forsaken. Yeah. Tame. Unclear. Well, at least he's not demanding. Tame may just not like Rand. He may just want to be the dragon himself. Oh. So he may not be a dark friend, right? Okay. But Demandred is. <laughs> definitely, yeah. Demandred is definitely a forsaken. Pretty sure. More than also says, don't tell anybody that you're going to kill Rand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, this, this, is, this is interesting because I think we don't often get... I think from the dark friend's perspective, the forsaken have, like, a master plan, right? Yeah. And for... This man in his last moments of life, it seems very clear that he understands that they don't. That there's like there's right. like factionalism. It's and like, like office space. Yeah, like, yeah. You have three bosses. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And they're all asking him to do sort of the same thing, but not exactly the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> kill him. Kill him. Okay, right. you don't have to kill him, but if you kill him, that's fine. Anyway, because it doesn't matter because somebody nicks him with a, a dagger that makes him like turn black and die horribly. Yeah. Yeah, I was just starting well, to learn this guy's name, well, too. While sprinting for the edge of town. He thinks if he gets to the edge of town, he'll be okay. Yeah, Wonder that why was he thinks, oh, very the, curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. He needed a horse. Yeah. Now, there. yeah, yeah. That's, that right. makes more sense now. But uh, So that's, it's got to be... Well, I, I, until a little bit later in this chapter, I thought for sure that was Fane. Yeah, somebody with us... Because uh, that, that is very, very it much... It must have been Fane. No, I don't think so. How was it not bad well, in Fane? Poison daggers figure in the rest of this chapter. <laughs> So that's what that's what makes me not entirely clear. Yeah, uh, the description is certainly. Uh, it sounds like what Fane's dad does. I still think it's Fane. You do? Uh, yeah, I think it's Fane. Okay. Because 
Because he says, he's mine. He says, he's mine. Yeah. yeah. And we can hurt his voice. Kind of and like the, the, the turning black and dying horribly thing, that's totally the shadow logo. That's, that's what I was thinking, yeah. So Rand heads back to his inn. Uh, and in this cool uh, matriarchy, uh, he has to go and like ask politely to Min for his, his wife uh, in this place. Yeah. Uh, if she, if, you know, he can have a little bit of her time. <laughs> and we find out that Rand does have a favorite sister wife, and it's Min. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, why is she she his favorite? Uh, He says that somewhere. He's like, he can barely sense feelings for for Avienda and Elaine. I think it's just because they're far away. Yeah, it's a proximity thing. He's talking about his bond. Oh, okay. The the bond over distance uh, weakens. I mean, who wouldn't like Min best, though? I mean, she's my favorite. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be I'll be open about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and he already impregnated Elaine and left, so like you know. Yeah. True. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's done. But I guess he hasn't put the was it four babies he's going to put in Avienda? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's later, I guess. Yeah. So he likes Min best because she's an unchecked box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Min's like, hey, when you killed those dudes, you didn't really feel anything. He's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just had to kill him. I wasn't mad about it. Just, you know, they had to die. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. Love ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's him and Min and Nynaeve and Lan, and then Olivia is there. Okay, yeah, so that's come. We kind of suspect that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Her, her wild card battle wizard. Yeah, and, and Nynaeve apparently has kind of a weird uh, a weird relationship with Olivia in terms of, like, who's in, who's in charge or something like that, right, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I think everybody would have a weird relationship with Olivia, being like a 400-year-old battle wizard slave. Yeah, <laughs> true. Real weird. Yeah. So Rand didn't tell them he was going hunting Rochebre right now, which, you know, why'd he bring him? Come on. At least Lan would have been really useful to have in the fucking alley against yeah. those two swordsmen, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess Nynaeve... No, you know what? Nynaeve often forgets to use magic and, and uses her bare hands when she's fighting. I think she'd probably be good to have along, too. Yeah. And Min's good with knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this whole group. But whatever. Now they have to move inns because Kismen got away. Yep. And... Rand reflects at the very end that now he knows how to draw, thanks to Lucy Theron Taylor. <laughs> He's like, is that a good or a bad thing? Huh, well. I mean, that would be the first real benefit of Luce Theron Telemon, right? No way. He's got all the magic skills, right? He, like, Luce Theron's taught him all these magic uh, wizard tricks. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. He learned a bunch of stuff. But he sort of, like, learned that. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I, still, I wish I could draw. Yeah. That's what I mean. I wish I had an insane ancient wizard in my head that would teach me how to draw without me having to practice. <laughs> me too, Jeff. Me too. Honestly. <laughs> So uh, we get a quick perspective from what name should I use? So he's got. So he he introduces himself as Isam, right? right. Isam slash Luke. But he changes to Luke at one point, and later he changes back to Isam. Isam. So this is very confusing. Isam. No, Isam and Luke. I'm oh, trying to think. Oh, I'm trying oh, to ship oh, their Lisam. name. Lisam. Yeah. Is Luke. But it's also Slayer. Like he makes it clear that he's also Slayer because he's talking about hunting wolves, yeah, right? He's totally mm-hmm. Slayer. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, and the, another like short chunk with a lot of a lot of reveals, right? So, this is Isam, who's Slayer, who's uh, maybe the guy who killed Kizmen, but maybe not. I think I I, I thought yeah, it was so, Kizmen. So what he what he does here is he teleports in from the world of dreams and he, he stabs a couple people with poison knives, mm-hmm. right? Which is what made me think, oh, maybe he got Kizmen. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing until. You guys said the same about the thing about Pat and Fane, which I think is actually I think it might have actually been Pat and Fane. Yeah. And this is just like a little mislead thing. But either way, he's also Lord Luke right. from uh, the Two Rivers. Yeah. Yeah. He's that guy. Right. So so Slayer is Lord Luke. Yeah. I was, I was, this has been over like three different books with this guy, you know. So I'm having trouble keeping track. And he's yeah. also the one who looks just like an uncle of Rand or something, right? Well, he Wink. said he looks like Rand, but he in this he says, I tried to kill my nephew and that... That's got to be Rand. Or whatever. So yeah, I think he's Rand's uncle. Though. Yeah. Rand's uncle Luke. Mm-hmm. Is that what his name was? Luke? Do we know? Yes. Okay. If you remember. I don't remember. <laughs> Luke disappeared in the blight. Oh, okay. He was, he was Tigraine's older brother. Oh, your brother. I forget. Her brother. And they were talking a long time ago. They were like, man, what? it's a, such a shame. The old ruling family of Andor, Luke disappeared in the blight, and then Tigraine disappeared also, which we know she went and became a man of the spear. And became Rand, and, and gave became, birth to Rand. Right. Is that what led to the succession? Their disappearance? Yes. That's, that's is, what led to the succession, which uh, Morghese eventually won. Wait. Okay. I think, I think we've talked about this before, but Elaine and Rand are... 
closely related? Not no, that closely like, related. In, like second cousins. Yeah, or as, as close as all nobles in Andorra are related. Okay, not, all right. Like Morghese is not a sibling of Degrain or Luke. Okay, Only one okay. of those babies will have she, flippers. She's a trick. <laughs> 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 what? Incest is funny. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Flipper babies. Right. Also, when he's in the dream... He's Isam, right? He looks like Lan. Oh. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. He's, when he's in, so in, in here, when he's in the dream, he's Isam. And when Perrin saw him, he looked like Lan. Yeah. Yeah. And when he comes out and becomes Lord Luke, he looks like Rand. Right. That's, That's not at all confusing. And Isam has been mentioned before. Yes. He was in one of the prophecies. He was in that Trolloc prophecy. Yeah, the Trolloc prophecy uh, that we we read just like a few yeah, days it was ago. In that trivia. That yeah, I, I went back that. and reread that. Yeah, so thanks trivia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. So, so did the Trolloc prophecy say? What did the Trolloc prophecy say about him? Uh, you got handy. Yeah. Let me give me a minute. You now I, have all the information that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how it's all connects. Except they're like the same person. Yeah, yeah. They somehow but seem he, to be. He's not just changing the way he looks. He's changing his. Personality. Yeah. Like, he well. He he describes them as discreet people. Like he says, uh, what does he say? Uh, he likes hunting almost as more hunting wolves almost as much as Lord Luke does. Or something right. Like yeah. That. yeah. And when, when he turns into Luke, he says he became Luke. Not right. Like he turned. In, he changed his form. Yeah. This is very interesting. This is an interesting character and kind of complicated. But right. it seems like it's starting to make sense. Like this, we don't know exactly who and what he is, but he. He. Here it is. Luke came to the Mountains of Doom. Isam waited in the high passes. The hunt is now begun. The shadows hounds now course and kill. One did live and one did die, but both are. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's some sort of like... Wait, Isam, I'm just remembering this. That's Lan's uncle or something, right? Didn't, oh, didn't like a million billion years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when Lan was a baby, right? I thought it was there's his whole thing where it was, Yeah, well, Isam was, Isam was going to be the heir... Or something. Somebody went mad or something, right? Was that a thing? Yeah. Or like... I've or, totally forgotten. But like, Isam yeah. was going to be the heir of Malkir, but he vanished or died in the blight or something before Lan was born. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's... I know he's Isam Mandragoran. Okay, so that's why he looks like Lan. Yeah. He is... The, he's Lan's cousin. Okay. Okay, he's Lan's cousin. Mm-hmm. So... Lan and Rand actually do have a kind of a familial connection now. That's so sweet. Sort yeah. of. I mean, not directly. like Supernaturally. Well, that, I think that would make them first cousins once removed. Wait, really? Wait. How, how is Isam related to... I, don't, I, I miss that. Well, if, if, That's if, not really a familial connection when it's like two evil beings that are bonded into one. What you're saying? No, you have this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. They, they share. They share a relative because they're one of their relatives. It's now. But they they went to the blight and got like smooshed into one person or something. Yeah, yeah. Dark one uh, does feel like yeah, that. Yeah. So so Rand's uncle is Lan's cousin. Sort of. Anyway, they're anyway. related, and he and, and you know what? He doesn't seem to have much respect for his family members because he's all about killing his nephew. Yeah, it's true. Rude. He, Rude. And he was one of the people who's spying on um, Egwene and Nynaeve and. Who was it? Oh, was it Elaine? Yeah, 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 in the dream. Yeah, in the dream. Yeah, yeah. yeah in right. the... Wait, you said he was Lan's cousin. Cousin. Okay, so he definitely wasn't trying to kill Lan and Nynaeve in the bed. I thought if he was Lan's uncle. Yeah, no, I was no. wondering who it was he was trying to kill. It was Randon. It was Randon. It was yeah. Randon Min? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he doesn't know who he's working for. Uh, he's worked for lots of Forsaken, but this whoever he's working for now makes sure that he can't see who it is mm-hmm. uh, with magic. Uh, and I don't know exactly. Do you it's like post on Craigslist or something? How do you hire Isam? <laughs> he's player. Yeah, he says they just find have a way of finding him. Yeah. I guess he hangs out in the dream a lot. So if, you know, the, there's there's tricks like that, right? If you're in the dream, you just like think, oh, I want to find that guy who kills people. You know? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or you get a bunch of Trollocs to chant. Remember, they did that. They were oh, chanting yeah. his name, they Isam. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. But it's really hard to train Trollocs to chant. It's true. Yeah. yeah, they're just very unruly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like that one wizard who tried to teach trolls to sing? Yeah. yeah. No, to do ballet. To do ballet. That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. So, we don't know what's going on here. Yeah, no idea. But but in- interesting, intriguing. Like, I, these chapters had a lot of uh, revelations in them. I had a lot of useful information that, you know, fills in mystery holes, I guess. I don't know. This book is delivering. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 23 through 26 of Winter's Heart. 
I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter, Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And uh, if you have any questions for us, we'd love to discuss them on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.